Hiya, welcome back to New and Transparent. In today's episode, we are continuing uh, with our series of the life book based on the book of Mark. Yes, and today we are in chapter three, and it's kind of continuing with the what we left off about Jesus is the Lord on the Sabbath. And here we see a man with a withered hand. And uh, here Jesus enters the synagogue and there was a man uh, with a withered hand. And the Pharisees, the ones that were accusing him of like doing things on the Sabbath, they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. They were still like waiting to point a finger at Jesus. And they were like, let's see what goes wrong now. And uh, Jesus told the man, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm? To save life or to kill. And it was like, you know, like we said last time, Jesus was like, I'm going to heal this man. No, not because it's the Sabbath doesn't mean I stop working or I stop like, you know, uh, doing what it is that I have to do. And after this, they they were silent. I mean, I think I would have been like, I remember going, oh, oh my God. Yeah. And he looked around at them with anger. Jesus was mad with the Pharisees because in a way they were like limiting you know, Jesus, they're like, no, no, but, uh, Jesus has no limits, you know? Yeah. And I feel like here God was giving them, I guess, another opportunity for them to be, to just recognize his, they, they probably did recognize, they did recognize his power, but for them to just be like, oh, like God is working, God is doing miracles. But yet again, they were, they refused to let God do his thing on Sabbath. And they were like, I guess in a way they were rejecting jesus yeah they were rejecting they they were you know and uh yeah so jesus was mad uh with the pharisees but he ended up healing the man with the withered hand on the sabbath but then we go on and a great crowd follows jesus you know jesus was still like attracting people they were following him and it says and a great crowd followed from galilee and judea um, and it was just like, you know, everywhere Jesus would go, there was, uh, people, uh, following him. And, uh, what I wrote was, I mean, who wouldn't want to follow Jesus? You know, you keep hearing about all these miracles. You keep hearing about, you know, people are, uh, being healed. Uh, demons are being cast out and you want to like, you know, you, okay, let's see what's yeah. up. Or so like, I, I, I think if I was there, I would be one of the people like, oh. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I'd be interested. I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, what's happening? What is she doing? Yeah. See? And then uh, what I, it goes on and it says, when the great crowd heard all he was doing, they came to him. You know, the news and the word of God was spreading that people were like, I, I'm going to go. I have to go. And here we still see that uh, the un- when the unclear, uh, clean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. The demons are here. Once again, we see that the demons are recognizing the power and authority of Jesus once again and again. That's crazy. It is. They like um, everywhere Jesus would go. And if there was like an unclean spirit in that place, they, they'd be like, oh, you are the son of God. They knew who he was. Yeah, they knew. And then uh, we go on and it uh, it's labeled the 12 apostles, you know, uh, and he, uh, Jesus appointed 12 whom he also, uh, named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and 
have authority to cast out demons. Authority, that's like the biggest thing. Yeah, imagine like um like Jesus is like, Okay, I'm giving you the authority to like do what I was sent here to do as well. You know, it's like you're you're helping me and here I wrote down it's like uh I kinda like uh I guess um Connected it with, like, it's with those friends that you trust the most, you know, because uh, Jesus handpicked each and every one of the disciples um, to help him, you know, and I think it's very important that he was like, okay, you, I picked you because you guys are going to help me preach, and you guys are going to, like, you know, I, you guys are also going to have the authority to cast out demons, and so the 12 uh, apostles were initially meant to help Jesus, and we also see that I just mentioned, yeah, each and every one of them was handily picked by Jesus. So was Judas, you know, and that's the one that betrayed him. But it was all for a purpose. It was part of the plan. It was a part of the plan. And then uh, uh, it says, then he went home and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. (laughs) Imagine being so like um no i know i mean, have having so much fame and attention that you can't even sit down to eat yeah and they're like nope he was no don't <laughs> eat that he'll be he'll be first and then he yeah and when his family heard it they went out to seize him for they were saying he is out of his mind and that part i was like mm, i guess i couldn't really interpret it like if it was in a good way or in a bad way you know like how they meant to say he is out of his mind but i mean i can imagine like you know you um the family uh of of jesus couldn't really comprehend you know no one could really comprehend like what he was doing and like you know in human um clarity and in human mind like yeah he's crazy like in a way in their shoes i feel like it makes sense for them to be like well like what is he doing? Like, why is he not yeah. taking time for himself? Or why is he not, you know, yeah. taking care of other people and not himself? Yeah, but they just didn't understand that Jesus was sent here on this earth for a bigger purpose. We go on to uh, the part where it says, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So the scribes were coming down from Jerusalem and they were saying that God, that Jesus was being possessed by demons or by, um, yeah, by demons. He was like, he's casting out the demons, but he is a demon. You know, they were like, and Imagine saying that about Jesus. I, I literally wrote that. I was like, Imagine <laughs> saying that Jesus was possessed. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that really is crazy. Like, like what? Like, how do you, like, not He's Jesus. Like, yeah. Um, so they, he gets, um, he gets pretty upset. And he says, how can Satan cast out Satan? If the kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And then this next part is, um, I feel like it's really powerful. And it says, and I, and if a house is divided against itself, the house will not be able to stand. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end, which is crazy. Yeah. In that part, the, if a house is divided against itself, the house will not be able to stand. I wrote that that shows the importance of unity. Mm-hmm. You know, that shows the importance of like faith and, and, and just unity in general. Yeah. And then this other part, i I really like it. It's really, really powerful what it says. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless his first binds of the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Which is like, you can't enter a heart that has been set on Jesus and on God. Like once your heart, once your mindset, once your whole life is set on him, then like there's no trembling down. Yeah, there's nothing that can like um, 
a knock you over. And I also, I was telling Millie, like, it's basically like uh, there, that part that she just read, it's just like declaring a, a firm foundation. Firm foundation, yeah. And then uh, we move on to where it says, truly I say to you, all your sins may be forgiven, the children of men, and whatever blasphemies they utter. And then this part is, this makes all the This makes you pay attention to this part. <laughs> yeah, you. It says, but whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. Yes, that is, eternal is a huge word. And eternal basically means forever, forever. you know, so like being guilty of a forever sin and it's never really mentioned like a forever sin other than that so that you gotta like realize oh that's that's important that's like like you know like imagine i can't even imagine them being like you're the demon imagine saying that yeah. just, that's crazy like they must be out of their mind <laughs> yeah and then uh this is kind of it would be like an unforgettable unforgivable sin yes anyway and so then we move on to uh, when Jesus was outside and he was the crowd. There was a lot of a huge crowd with him, and then uh, they were like, "Oh, your mom and your brothers are here for you." And he was like, "Oh, right now, give me a second. <laughs> I'm busy." <laughs> he was like, "Who are my mother and my brothers?" Um, and then he says, "Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother." sister and mother yes and i was saying that like when you're fully like in for jesus it's like you're you know you're a part of jesus like you when you're like uh devoted when you're um when you accept that responsibility then jesus is like you're part of my family you know you're my child you're you're my um brother and sister and that's like very important to you because um also like in church like you know how when you're like Oh, how are you, brother? How are you, sister? It's because truly you are a family in Christ. Yeah, and so then we move on to chapter 4. It is the parable of the sower. Um, and he was sitting on a boat. Like, um, I had read a... I think it was a commentary how God always uses a boat as a symbolization. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and um, I never thought about that. Yeah. In the most of his parables, he's um seeing him from a boat. Yeah, I just thought it crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, and he was uh, giving them the parable of the sower. Um, and uh, I wrote here that Jesus always, well, in this parable, he gives them something that they're familiar with, which is farming seeds. Like they grew their own food and stuff. So they wouldn't be too lost as to what God was saying. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about the seeds. And I feel like this is a pretty known parable. The seeds that fell on the rocky ground and then the one that had uh too much soil and the one that didn't have too much soil and the good soil and all that stuff um and it says uh this very last part it says and he said he who has ears to hear let him hear that's very powerful but also before that i um i highlighted since it had no root it withered away and i put it's not just about planting it's not just about you know oh you know it's about actually like your roots. Where do your roots go to? to how deep are your roots? Yeah. And it also like, uh, it's saying that if you don't give it like the proper fruit, then that plant will eventually die and yeah. away. I remember how um, the seeds who uh, fell in the good soil, some of them grew and some of them grew more than the others. So it was, yeah. it was the meanings that they were giving, that they were given, like we said, uh, 
I think it was during the building your own foundation of how you have to maintain it, not just build it. Yeah. It and it goes back to this, you know, like build, maintain that uh, relationship with Jesus that it goes into a root. And it's not just like, you know, all there dried up and, and dead, but that it actually like flourishes. Yeah. And then we move on to where uh, the apostles were like, like, they were like, what the heck? Like, why are you using so many parables? Like, we don't understand. People don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. what's the purpose of your parables? Yeah. And that's something that I asked, you know, like when I was like, uh, I guess, barely reading the Bible. I was like, what? <laughs> Just say like, it. Oh, my gosh. Like, send me a TikTok of like when the uh apostles when jesus was talking about the parables and then it was like the apostles just saying like just say it just say it (laughs) yes uh and it's like i mean that's just one of the way that jesus would send his message out you know it was a a special and unique way for him um to do that yeah and then uh where the apostles were like oh like come on they're like we don't understand or whatever so he was like to you uh to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of god but those outside, but those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. I really like the part that says, "To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God," and I put the word of God equals the secret of the kingdom because everything, literally everything can be found in the Bible, you know, and it, and it just like, um, we, we can always rely on God's word, you know, and that is the secret of the kingdom to rely yeah. on, uh, the word of God. And I wrote here, uh, those who are interested will try and understand, um, those who will, who are interested, they must have the key, which is kind of like the little seed of like, oh, like, I want to know what it, what he's trying to say. Like, I want to know what he's. You put your part and you're like, I want to know more. Yeah. I, you go more into depth. And I like that what you said that those, um, which uh, something about interested. Those who are interested and will try and to understand. That's very true. Whenever you're interested in something, you want to understand. And then like, you know, this, that was the case for it. Uh, Cause now that I think about it, you know how many people were following Jesus and they're like, oh, but Jesus would speak to them in parables. And if they were truly interested, then they had to understand. And if they weren't, then they wouldn't, they, they just like see Jesus and they just hear him talking, but not truly yeah. engraved in their heart. And I related it to, uh, I think it was a podcast that I heard last week that said uh, that it, the parables were kind of like a doorway and God was like inside the door and like the door was closed. And then it was like God saying the parables and people could hear from the outside his parables, but those who were truly interested would open the door and come into God. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, that's a very good analogy. Um, and those who truly do want to understand, they have to dig deep and understand or they can either be blindsided and just continue on with their life and not mm. even try. Um, and then God said to, Jesus said to them, do, not un- do you not understand this parable? How then you will understand all the parables. To sow or sow is the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. Um, and Jesus goes on to say, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Um, and the word is something that we have to have planted in our hearts. And Satan doesn't want the word of God to be rooted in our lives, in our hearts. Yeah, that's true. But it has to be. It has to be. Uh-huh. It, has to be. It, ha- it has to be a priority in our hearts. 
Yeah, and then if you continue if you continue reading the parable, um, it's a pretty long, but I'm gonna read just this part that says, "And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves and endure it for a while. And then, and when in tribulation or persecution arises, account for the world, immediately they fall away." And I was telling Ashley how I compare this to having like a spiritual high. When, like, for example, like, when you come from camp or when you heard a really inspiration. When you first get baptized. Yeah, it happens. When you're like, yes, I'm all in, you know, we're doing this, I'm doing that, and this and that. And then you get a little problem and you're like, hey, I don't want to do it anymore, it's so hard. Like, and like, oh, just what happened? You know, like, yeah. everything was supposed to get good. And I highlighted when tribulation um, or persecution arises, you know, that that's when you're really tested and when like it's like okay are you really like you know is the word of god really rooted in your hearts we quickly burn out yes crazy and then there's another part that says and others who are in the others who are sown among thorns they are those who hear the word but care but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter and choke the word and it proves unfruitful and I feel like that's something that a lot of people. I feel like it's the major thing that happens with, with young people, with us. What well, can it happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like you know about oh. understanding. You understand it. You go to church, uh-huh. but, but then the world. Yes, the too, desires and everything. Yeah, we let like, the world win. We're not yeah. supposed to go. Um, and then this other part says, but those that were sown in the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept and bear fruit yes that's the that's, that's the, the good yeah, one that's, 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 that's the one i want for my life yes. uh but yeah it's like when you like truly taking uh god's word and, and truly accept it then not only are is your life gonna bear fruit but the life of those around you is also gonna bear you know mm-hmm. the, that um prosperity yeah, we're gonna have that impact on other people's lives yes because of the good soil and because you let God's word transform your life. Yeah, and then we move on to the lamp under a basket. And this is still a parable, keep in mind. Yeah, they're all parables. parables. That's yeah. crazy. For me, he spoke a lot of parables. <laughs> Imagine coming up with these parables. <laughs> okay, so she says... Um, this one's a lamp under a basket. Yeah, the lamp under a basket. My favorite part of the parable is when it says, nor is anything secret except to come to light if anyone has ears to hear let him hear and he repeats this like two or three times the yeah the if anyone has ears to hear let him hear Uh because it's really important like if you're if you have like if you can listen then listen to the word of god that's the only thing you should listen to you know like and um like don't listen to anything else but listen to the word of god and it just repeatedly if anyone has ears to hear let him hear the good news you know here and it skipped over this part that says the lamp is a lamp brought in to put under a basket or under a bed and not a stand and i wrote here he didn't light our lamp just to be hidden you know like he lit our lamp yeah. for us to be the light of the world and and show them the way of god and why are we hiding that lamp that lamp that god lit? yeah and it's also like if uh 
God gave you a testimony, then speak out. Uh-huh. You know, and it goes back to like, you know, if God is using you in a way, then let him fully use you because the lamp is not like, you know, when you buy a lamp, it's not like you buy, oh, okay, I'm going to put it under my bed. <laughs> that that wouldn't make sense, you know, like if, if that were the case. But God gives you a lamp to light, you know, and, and, and it's like to be exposed to other people too. Um, And our, we were at the part where it says that pay attention to what you hear with the measure you use. It will be measured to you and still, still more will be added to you. And I wrote here, God will respond to us the same way we have responded to him and his word. Yeah. And it's also like, be careful to what you listen to, you know, and it goes back to a few episodes where we said, like, listen to the voice of God and not, uh, don't let the lies of the enemy, like, uh, tell you to hide your lamp, you know, don't let the lies of the enemy uh, tell you, like, no, you, you don't, you don't have a lamp. No, you do. Uh, you have, uh, a lamp and a light that God has purposefully giving you. Mm -hmm. And it says for those, for the one who has will be given more. And I wrote here it uh, that he might give you more desire to hear the word of God, mm-hmm. to hear uh, more of his promise, to have more passion and have more blessings for his word. I think the, I think I've said this before. I'm not sure, but I think the best thing is when God gives you more wisdom. More wisdom. That's the, that's the, and that's how we want. <laughs> yes. And then we go on to the parable of the seed growing. And in this, um part the kingdom uh jesus is saying the kingdom of god is as of a man should scattered seed on the ground you know and it's like you like and that makes me think like you know scattered seeds on the ground when i see like um especially with the fields here i see like them like uh putting seeds everywhere you know it's not just a certain place well i'm just gonna plant a seed here just no it's here. it's, no, it's everywhere. everywhere and it's like uh that to me that symbolizes that you know, the word of God is planted everywhere. Mm-hmm. It should be planted everywhere in our hearts. Yeah, in the same way that the seed is planted in our hearts, we have to plant the seed in other people's lives as well. Um, and I wrote here, all we can do is plant the seed and let God grow the seed. Um, and it right here, it says, um, he sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows he does not know how it just happens. It just happens. He, we have to have faith in God that He will grow the seed for us. That He will uh, give it the the the, the proper uh, resources uh-huh. for the seed to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's true. When Melanie was telling me what she wrote, I was like, "Yes, it's true." Because uh, I've seen that. You know, like uh, we can do so very little. You know, it's like you can. Yes, you can speak about the Word of God, but you can't change a person. The one that can um, grow. And, and change that person is a uh, God, you know, and you just have to let God do his work. Yeah, like we said in the last episode, how the church has a love, where love transforms lives. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the whole point. I feel like that captures everything so well. And just the essence uh-huh. of, uh, of God of God is that he will transform your life, you know. Yeah, and then we move on to the parable of the mustard seed. And then it starts out so strong to beware guys this is super strong it says with what can we compare the kingdom of god or what what parable shall we use for it yeah that's like there's no nothing that can explain the like and capture the full goodness 
of God, you know, and, and nothing, the kingdom of God is uncomparable, period. And that's mm. it, you know, like there is nothing, no idea, no other thing that compares to God. Nothing, nothing. Not, not even close, you know, and I love how strong it starts because it's just telling you like, hey, nothing can compare to the kingdom of God. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you guys had seen a mustard seed, but they're super tiny. And it's saying here that it's kind of like the grain of mustard. That the seed is so tiny, but once it grows, it grows so full. It grows with branches all over the place, and it grows so big. Um, and it even says here, so that the birds of, of the air can make nests in its shade. So it can start as, as small as a tiny little mustard seed. It can grow as super big. Um, yeah. And I, and I kind of, I was telling Melanie, and I went back to the other one that we just mentioned about how you can only plant the seed. And uh, it could be a mustard seed that you plant into someone's life that flourishes and, and, and it helps grow that person. And um, I just related it to that because I was like, you all you got to do sometimes, and I've seen this on Instagram, like be the... The only Bible that people might like read. Uh -huh. yeah, and I um, I think, and it is true because a lot of people may not really know, you know, about uh, God. They might not read the Bible. And by you saying, oh, oh, like, you know, uh, Jesus loves you, you know, that might plant. So that's that's a, that, that, can make a, that can make a, a person a, really yeah. Uh, grow. Yeah. Um, and so then he goes back to the apostles. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them, but he didn't uh, speak in parables to the apostles. He would private, privately explain everything to them. Yeah, and here I wrote, Jesus is letting you think and understand at your own will, you know, because uh, he's uh, he's allowing you to experience him mm -hmm. at, like, your own will. Like yeah. we mentioned right now, like, if you're interested, then you're going to look for ways to understand. Yeah, he's giving us the opportunity to have our own unique experience with him. Yes. And then we go on and it's Jesus calms a storm. And uh, Jesus, well, on a, on that day, like the same day of like all the parables and everything, uh, when the evening had come, he said uh, to them, Jesus said to the uh, disciples, right? He was like, let us go across to the other side. So now they were leaving. And uh, what I wrote here, uh, they were leaving on a boat, right? And then when I wrote, uh, what I highlighted here was, he woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. You know, and, and prior before to that, there was a great windstorm and the disciples were like freaking out, you know, and Jesus was asleep on a couch and the disciples told uh, Jesus, they're like, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And that's when he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. He literally just woke up and he was like, peace, be still. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's amazing. Crazy. And just going back to the authority and power of Jesus. And the wind seized and there was a great calm. And Jesus said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear. And they said to one another, who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. And while I was telling Melanie, I was like, I think it's crazy that there is still a seed of a doubt in the disciples. That you know, even after everything, they're like, so like, who are you in that the wind listens to me, you know? But I feel like in a way I'd be like, I'd be kind of scared and I'd be like, what? You know, like, did you do like, that? if you've never, 
obviously like when you've never seen something before you've never experienced anything before your first uh reaction is fear mm-hmm. and i feel like that's what they were you know, uh, like that's what they experienced but i'm like but they've already seen everything he's done you know they've seen that he casts out demons they've seen that he's uh healed paralytics they've seen that he's made a uh, blind people see yeah you know like why are they still like doubtful but that just shows the uh, like story the story of humanity that in a way we are always doubtful yeah and in a way i would hear that uh no faith equals not believing in his word yeah it's very true uh-huh. it, it goes back to faith obedience and recognizing the authority of jesus that's that's so powerful yeah but that was the end of chapter three and four and so many parables so many teachings that jesus gives to his people too. and they still don't really comprehend you know the pharisees are still like no like why no yeah. so it's just that's, that's that's so powerful yeah but that was the end and we hope you guys enjoyed it and thank you so much once again for listening we truly appreciate each and every one of you um god bless